Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. The Parting Shots Podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Downloaded today, available for iOS and Android users in your app store. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Party Shots Podcast. Now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. On this edition, we're talking union hockey and RPI hockey. The Dutchman season got off to a rough start last weekend as they were blown out at home 7-3 by Boston University and then lost 3-2 at Army. Union will host 15th-ranked Northeastern Friday and Saturday. I'll have Union coach Rick Bennett's press conference from Wednesday. We also have an interview with Union Junior Forward Drew Blackman, who was a transfer from Northeastern. Later, I'll speak with RPI head coach Dave Smith, whose team begins its season Friday at New Mass. Union hockey beat writer Mike McGannon is here. Mike, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Well, you conducted the interview with Blackman, and we'll have that coming up uh, a little bit later. But let's begin uh, with last weekend, and let's face it, it wasn't pretty, especially Saturday's game against BU. Uh, the second period was an ultimate disaster, outscored 5-1, to one, outshot 21-2. to two. A 2-2 game became a 7-3 route. How did it fall apart so quickly? Well, for one thing, it doesn't help when one of your best defensemen, Brandon Estes, uh, gets whistled 31 seconds into the game uh, for a penalty, which happened again in, in the Army game 38 seconds in. Uh, penalties were a big part of it. They had 15 penalties all weekend between the two games. Um, all six of their regular defensemen went to the box at least once, and a couple, few of them went more than once. <laughs> that is not helping anything, um, and it was a big um, big issue that Rick Bennett, head coach, uh, pointed to as, as why they were having such difficulty. Now, the difference between the two games, sure, they played a lot better against Army, and nothing against Army, but you know the, the quality of the opponent certainly had something to do with that. I mean, and, and BU on uh, Saturday um, – there were stretches there where Union really – I shouldn't even say stretches. It was like most of the game where they were struggling just to get out of their own end um, defensively. And uh, one of the BU players said afterwards they were actually changing lines while they were in the offensive zone just to make put even more pressure on the defense. So I think that's a product of you got 12 freshmen, plus you have Drew Blackman, the, the, um, uh, the transfer from Northeastern who played against Army, not against BU. And they're still trying to find their way a little bit, and they're just, you know, they're they're just not putting pucks on on the stick of the tape uh, when they're trying to do do their exits and breakouts. Does that come from just being experienced right now? It's easy to point to that right now. I mean, it seems like the no brainer, obvious uh, source of uh, all their difficulty just moving the puck. Now, I will say, uh, the first five minutes of the third period of the Army game on Sunday. They looked dynamite as far as crisp passing, diagonal, tic-tac-toe. They were moving the puck well through the neutral zone, um, which is kind of like a composite of how Rick Bennett would like to see this team play. So there were some flashes of, of uh, potential there. Um, the next step, I guess, is to sustain it for more than a lousy five minutes in one period. Yeah, Darren Hansen was in goal for all seven of them against BU. Were you surprised that he wasn't pulled? Um, even, even though the goals weren't his fault. Yeah. The idea occurred to me. Um, but I mean, it was, it was the first game of the season. He's a big boy. He can take it. Um, and he put a lot of blame on himself afterwards. Uh, 
you know, the other factor there is you, you, Merrick Pipes is a freshman who's backup. I don't know if you want to throw him in against BU, his first college game, down, you know, whatever, by a huge margin. Um, so, I, you know, it, a lot of the goals were not Darian's fault. And I think based on that, um, that's one reason. The other reason is he was um, continued to be a, a strong, positive, emotional force for the team. Uh, Rick Bennett said it after the game. He was going by the bench even when we were down, and he was, you know, pumping people's tires and telling them to keep their head in the game and everything. So uh, um, it, it did occur to me. Obviously, you think of that any time a goalie's in that situation, but it, it really wasn't surprising that they didn't pull him. Yeah, yeah, that Darian weren't to see this year. Does that just show what kind of leader he is on this team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody likes him. Everybody trusts him. He's got everybody's best interests. He's, he's team first all the way. Uh, he's co-captain with Vos Kolias, and they have similar personalities and both outgoing and, and well-liked in the locker room. So, uh, you know, it's unusual to see a goalie um, with the C, but uh, in this case it makes sense. And, I, you know, frankly, I don't know who else he would have given it to, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, let's look at the Army at West Point game, a 3-2 loss to the Black Knights on a third-period power play goal. You know, the Dutchman allowed two power play goals in that game. Did they look better in that contest even yeah, though they lost? Yes, they did look better. And I will say um, Union fans are going to be pretty fired up to see this freshman Christian Sanda play because he had a goal that um, really was a terrific shorthanded goal. Uh, he got a stick in the passing lane, and then he, he skated forward and he shoveled it to center ice to a spot where he could get in a foot race with the one defenseman that was back. And that was a no contest. I mean, he blew past him like he was standing still, and then he got in deep and put it on his backhand and slid it under the Army goalie. Union fans are going to be psyched for this kid. Now, the funny thing is, I talked to Jack Adams, who's out with a knee injury until who knows when, sometime maybe uh, November or December, he'll get back on skates a few weeks ago. And I asked, he had come to Schenectady to observe practice and work out with the guys a little bit a, a few weeks before that. And I said, any of the freshmen um, stand out to you? And he immediately said, Christian Sandy. He said he's got elite speed. So what happens? Sandy scores against Army with this spectacular play. And two minutes later, Jack Adams is texting me. <laughs> I told you he was fast. <laughs> so I, I really think, and, and as Rick Bennett said afterwards, it wasn't just a fireworks display of speed. Uh, the, the whole overall play was very good. Getting the stick in the passing, passing lane while – they're a man down, figuring out a way to put it in a position where only he can go get it and then making a very nice move to finish it and, and score shorthanded for Union. So I, they're going to be happy when they see him on the ice. Sean Harrison, uh, junior forward, had two goals over the weekend. Could have had a third if they didn't take away the one that went off his skate. Yeah, and I don't think they really had any issue with that. I, You know, I and I – I saw it from above, and it did look like he kind of shifted his skate a little to the side. So I and I didn't hear it, hear or see anybody complaining about it. So, um, but good start for him, and they're going to need him to be a scorer for this team. Well, head coach Rick Bennett met the media on Wednesday. Here's what he had to say: What have you learned about your team after two games? That it, the boys uh, improved from night one to night night two, which was a good good sign. Um, I thought we cut down almost the scoring chances against in half, so that was a positive. And if we can keep keep trending in that, you know, uh, area, then I like our our chances here, you know, going forward. But there's just still a, just a, a ton of work, and in little time, especially this week. So, you know, we're just gonna have to deal with it and see what happens. 
You mentioned scoring chances, which is a, a stat that you can point to, but what was the difference in their play that made them be better? What more do you have to do? It was better reads. Um, I just thought they were smarter within our system, uh, which was good. And it, something that Army had that we, we don't have is they were, you know, five feet wider in the rink, and they know how to use it. And some of our first-year guys, I think that was a little bit. We were starting to, you could start to see it in the third period, like the conditioning aspect of it. Uh, so, but to really answer your question, just getting the getting more familiarized with our systems. Was it maybe nerves on Saturday, and then that way Sunday we did a lot, we were a lot calmer, and maybe the game slowed down for the, especially for the freshmen. I, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to think so, <laughs> but like I said, they, some of those guys improved, and some of those guys took, I'm not gonna say a step backwards, but they just were kind of not as noticeable, you know, the first year guys in game two. So I just think that just getting used to playing back-to-back, -back, and some of them have, well, they've never played back-to-back -back games in Division One college game before, and it, it kind of showed in that regard. You only had three shots in the third period against Army, so that kind of was a carryover maybe a little bit from the BU game. Are you guys going to have to get that number up, even if it's not necessarily great chances? I felt the, the lack of shots at Army was a contributive force into the BU game and the Army game and taking penalties because that just taxes your body. So that to me is just, I, I chalk it up to that. If we can play smarter, we're going to have, you know, fresher legs. I asked you this on Sunday as well, but can you put your finger on where the penalties came from, like what the source was? Is there any kind of general theme behind that or is it just, you know, trying to figure things out? Yeah. Well, it doesn't help when you take penalties in the first two games, one in the first shift and one in the second. So we've already addressed that. Um, but again, you got to go out in next game and, and execute that. And even in practice, if we see a penalty, we're always calling them, uh, and that's on our coaching staff. And then we try to hold, hold them accountable through that. But I think it starts there. The early penalties do not help. Um, as far as a theme of the penalties, it seems like it's been – Many calls and different calls. Uh, some that you shake your head at, but you kind of understand. But in the same token, I've, I haven't seen any calls where you say, holy holy smokes, that's just a horrible call. You know, so far so good. And as far as with the refing, so I don't, I don't fault the refs at all. When you do take a penalty that early in the game, how much does that set you? I mean, you come in with a game plan, you want to get certain things established right off the rip and boom, you're a man down like before the puck barely dropped. Uh, how much is that, just the timing of it and everything yeah. kind of kill your whole game plan? Well, it does a couple things. A, you're on the penalty kill. And then B, your bench, you can see the shoulders sag a little bit. And that's when the coach has to get the pom-poms out and pump the team back up with the bicycle tire pump. And, you know, when you have, and that's, so there's two, two things that actually happen. And... You know, we have to we have to kill those too. You know, and that because that could shift it, and now we're now we're feeling it. Now we've got some um, you know momentum going going our way, but it's an awful tough task to put your your penalty kill on the PK so so you know fast or quickly in a game.
Facing Northeastern this weekend, you went there last year, took two games, but uh, what's going to be different about this game? What have you seen? You know, obviously, I don't think they played a game yet, but what do you, what do you uh, like about Northeastern? What do you have to do to stop them? Extremely dangerous power play. Um, they have a couple excellent forwards. Um, they re they've retained a couple defensemen that are excellent, and, I, and I've heard they brought in you know, a lot of very good, talented, offensive, skilled uh, defensemen. So probably similar to what we saw against, uh, you know, BU. So you know, we've we've had a little test with that, and hopefully we kind of learn that you, uh, if you go 150 miles an hour at one of their defensemen, they're going to make you look silly. So we just have to be a little more under control, and see how it plays out. Rick, after two games, Sean Harrison has two goals. Going into this year, was he a kid that you thought could start to replace some of the? Firepower you lost from last year. Definitely, you know, and, and, and Sean has been put in put in a role now where <laughs> he's seen a lot more ice than he ever has before. He's been put in a lot more situations than he's never seen before, and he's adapted well because he works hard. He's a very diligent, you know, guy in the classroom and and just just how he prepares. But and he gives he gives you everything he has, and you know, I think. You could see some of our first-year guys kind of gravitating towards him, and that's exactly what we want. A lot of your first-year guys are still going to figure things out at the college hockey game through the first part of the season. You mentioned you know, they weren't even used to back-to-back -back games. Now back-to-back -back games against the same team, what kind of wrinkle does that uh, give to them? Oh. <laughs> Great question. I, I, at this time, we're still trying to figure that one out. Um, of what they actually, I, I, it's going to be, it's a, it's a tough one because we don't know what to, to really expect. And we're just trying to figure this one out as we go along with that. It's, honestly, it's, uh, this is all so new to us, you know, for, for our staff especially. And we're just, we're just trying to figure this thing out as we go along through practice to get, get to these games in order to figure out the other team where before we had so much more, I would say, experience to figure it out. And that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Does it help going into a weekend where you only have the game plan against one team as you're saying you have to figure out these things about your own team where you're not having to do a back-to-back -back yeah. game plan? That's yeah, nice. and Because I always felt that when you're preparing for one team, the second night's more about adjustments. And I think it makes you better, a better coach, coaching staff, because you're just making these subtle adjustments that you help will, you think help you for, for the second night, and it's similar to what you'll see in playoffs. So it's always a good test to play teams back to back, and that's why we've always tried to, you know, have that formula. So what'd you think of uh, Rick's comments from the? Um, he remains. Philosophical. He knows the situation they're dealing with. It really is unusual to have all these freshmen figure out how to work them into the lineup, along with Drew Blackman, the transfer. So really, they have 13 new faces in there, which is like almost half their roster. <laughs> um, so I, he's he's patient. You know, after the Army game, I, I went down there. I talked to him in the, in the hallway outside the locker room afterwards, and um, he was fine. I mean, he wasn't mad. I think he kind of realizes this, the predicament they're in as a coaching staff, and it's a fun challenge for them and everything. But at the same time, you know, they're going to take their lumps for a while. And, uh, you know, they really have 
a very difficult opponent coming yeah. this weekend. So, um, so, but he, I mean, he seems pretty philosophical. He's been around, he's been doing this long enough. He knows, you know, he can see the writing on the wall of what, um, what they have to work with and, and how much, um, you know, progress they're going to have to meet, but there is some potential there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's only two games <laughs> in, so that's right, yeah. no time to hit the panic button. So uh, coming up, Mike talked with Union Junior forward Drew Blackman, who was a transfer from Northeastern, and why he did not have to sit out a year because of transferring. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hi, this is Hunter Moffat, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletes. Notable Trophy Case team members include Ron Jaworski, former NFL quarterback and founder of Jaws Youth Playbook, who says, Throughout my success in the sports world, I believe Trophy Case can bring value to many different levels of athletes and unrepresented sports. This platform will level the playing field for athletes at the beginning of their career with technology for generations to come. You can download the Trophy Case app and the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Get it today. Back on the Pony Shots podcast, focusing on uh, union hockey and uh, college hockey in general. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Shot, along with union beat writer Mike McAdam. On Wednesday, Mike talked with one of the newest Dutchmen, junior forward Drew Blackman, who was a transfer from Northeastern. He talked about uh, his reasonings for leaving Northeastern to come to Union. Here's his interview. For background purposes, uh, walk us through you know the whole transfer situation, how you picked Union, and why you left uh, Northeastern. Yeah, um, you know, um, I had a great two years at Northeastern, but um, it came down to a situation where um, I wasn't going to have a lot of opportunity to excel um, as an athlete there. So I um, decided to go through the transfer process. Um, it was a long process, but eventually. Um, was able to get in contact with Union and saw that there's going to be a lot of opportunity here at Union um, with a great program, a very storied program, and a great coaching staff that I was really excited to play for. So it was uh, an easy decision to come here to Union. So it wasn't any sort of injury situation at Northeastern the first because you only played two games the first year and one last year it was just purely a coach's decision. Yeah, no, and I didn't didn't go through any injuries. It just um, you know it wasn't the right fit for me as a program, I guess. What um. Hey, give us a little background on how the the process happened, where you didn't have to sit out a year by uh, transfer rules. Uh, yeah, the, um, this this past summer, the NCAA recently put in um, some new rules um, that had to deal with transfers, and um, it just came down to one of those new rules where I was able to to get by and have the opportunity to play right away. When did you find out that you would be able to play right away, and were you kind of in limbo there at all, uh, wondering if uh, I might have to sit out a year? Um, yeah, you know, early in the process, I wasn't exactly sure. Um, I had heard that they were working on new rules, but um, I guess it was in um, around June where I found out that um, I was going to have the opportunity to play right away. How do you fit in with this team, and wh- what do you expect out of yourselves to, as far as what you might contribute? Um, it's. I think I've fit in great so far. Um, it's. It's a perfect environment for me. A perfect culture for me. Um, 
you know, everybody's been great and welcoming from the very beginning. Um, you know, myself, um, you know, my goal is just to be the best that I can be every day, uh, to be the hardest working guy on the ice every day, to be able to push my teammates, push myself to uh, accomplish as much as we possibly can. I saw you skate a couple shifts on Sunday. How do you feel like you fit in with your two line mates? I think you're in with a couple freshmen, uh, Schmidt, and I can't remember who the other one was. But uh, Ferris, yeah. right, oh Ferris, yeah, yep. right. Mm -hmm. um, how do you fit in with those guys? And do you expect that to also be a kind of a fluid situation because there's so many young kids on this team? Yeah, you know, I, th I think we played well together. Um, I think we did our job. Um, for me personally, it was it was good to get my feet under me in a game again. Um, obviously, it had been a while, but. Um, they're great guys to play with. Uh, they made it easy for me out there. A lot of great communication. Um, you know, I think that things will change a lot in the beginning here with all, all the new that we have here until we find uh, what's going to work best for us. What's it going to be like for you to see your old team coming in here this weekend? It'll be interesting. Um, you know, I'm doing my best to treat it like, like any other weekend. Um, you know, we're going to prepare the same way as a team no matter who we're playing against. So um, I'm just trying to stick with that mentality and, and not get too far ahead of myself. Is that hard to do, though? Because, I mean, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces over there and must uh, do you stay in contact with any of those guys still yeah definitely I, you know I made a lot of great relationships while I was there um, but yeah you know I just I've kind of tried to put it in the back of my mind at least um, you know I don't want I don't want to have anything to uh, distract me from the hard process this sure. week and our preparation this week so how good are they going to be this year do you think they haven't played yet so we don't have any, <laughs> there's no uh, evidence to uh, back up whatever we think but uh. yeah I mean I think you can always expect them to have a good team. Uh, they have a lot of talent there. Um, they've they've obviously proven that in the past. But um, you know we're um, we're not focused on how good they're going to be. We're we're more focused on our process and how good we're going to be this weekend. How much did you know about the union program, and how much you know whatever knowledge you might have had, uh, you know, led to your decision to pick them? Um, to be honest, at the beginning, I didn't know a ton. I, I knew that um, you know it was a story program. There's a national championship in 2014, um, very recent national championship, a lot of recent success. Um, I had heard great things about the coaching staff here, and um, you know an intense coaching staff, but very honest coaching staff and a very fair coaching staff um, that really cares about their players as as players and also as people and as men. So um, you know when I when I found that out, I was even more excited for the opportunity that I was getting. Were there any other schools you were looking at? Yeah, I mean, there were a few other ones, but um, I think this one, Union here, stood out um, by far against the other ones. So. And how do you like playing for Rick Bennett, and what's that experience been like in a short period of time so far? I've loved playing for Coach Bennett. Um, you know, he's obviously, like I said, a very intense coach, but um, in the right way. Um, he's very honest. He's very fair to his players. He's very transparent, um, you know, and he's always going to do what's best for his players and, and our program here. Um, he cares about us as hockey players, but mostly as as um, as men and as people and students. And um, he cares about the whole experience here at Union College. And one last thing, he I talked to him on Sunday about you, and he said one thing. One of the things he hopes you bring to the table is to, is an ener energy level that the other te your teammates will feed off of. Can you just kind of describe your game, um, you know, what you bring to the table? Yeah, I think um, you know, going off what, what Coach Bennett said, I think that I'm. A, I have a high, I'm a high energy player. Um, you know, I, I love to go on the forecheck. I I'm a 200 foot player where I take a lot of pride in my defensive zone. Um, you know, I want to set the tone physically and 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 make plays with my teammates. But um, I think my biggest thing is is providing a lot of energy for our team. Drew seems like a nice kid. I mean, that's kind of weird. He didn't have to sit out a year. Well, I just I was looking into it, and in April the NCAA 
committee that runs that aspect of it um, decided to relax their rules as far as um, having to sit out a, a year, even if you don't have some sort of medical waiver or whatever. And I don't know all the details of his case, but apparently the union compliance office went through and just double checked and triple checked, as Rick said the other day, to make sure they were okay to, to suit him up this year. And they got the green light. So he's in He's on the he's on the roster and they're going to use him as much as they see fit. Um, how much that winds up being, I don't know. I mean, based on the fact that he only played in one of two games last weekend means that he could be kind of in and out all season. I think there's an opportunity for him right now with Jack Adams out of commission and Parker Fu. We're not sure when he's going to be back, but he missed the first two games with undisclosed injury. So there is a little bit of opportunity there. Um, but I don't know how much he's going to be in and out. I mean, what he offers, as he as he mentioned, is a 200-foot game. He's, he takes a two-way uh, play very seriously as a forward and, and really cares about his defensive zone as well. So that could be useful. I mean, with him facing his former team, do you think uh, Rick will give him uh, maybe both games? Um, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I mean, Rick said it'll, last Sunday that it'll come down to uh, how he does in practice this week. And the kid shouldn't lack for any motivation to practice, you know, his butt off to make sure that he has a shot to be in the lineup this weekend and see his guys again. Um, you know, he doesn't want to be sitting up in uh, section Q or whatever to say, yeah. <laughs> section S for soup or whatever, whatever Rick calls it. Um, so I think there is a little extra motivation. He's trying to downplay that because he doesn't want to be a distraction, uh, which is understandable. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, coming up, RPI head coach Dave Smith joins the podcast. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Hey, pro football fans. It's time again to match which with other pro football fans and win a prize by playing the Daily Gazette's You Pick 'em football game, sponsored by River Sportsbook. To play, go to dailygazette.com slash football and make your picks before the first game kicks off each week. If you have the most weekly points, you earn a $100 gift card to ShopRite. Play every week and you can win the grand prize of $1,000. Play the Daily Gazette's You Pick 'em football game, sponsored by River Sportsbook, at dailygazette.com slash football. Welcome back to the podcast. The RPI men's hockey team starts its regular season Friday against UMass, and then they go to UConn on Saturday. Head coach Dave Smith begins his third season at the home as he tries to get the program back to prominence. I spoke with Dave on Thursday. Dave, welcome to the Parting Shots podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you coming on for a few minutes. Uh, you guys open up Friday uh, at uh, UMass. Uh, how excited are you get to, to get the season going? Yeah, it's always fun at this time of the year. Uh, you know, let's let's get an opponent where the where it matters, and, and it's really an exam. It's a test to see uh, what we've done uh, both in recruiting, how our guys mix together, how we play, and yeah, really, uh, really looking forward to this. This is your third year at the helm at RPI. Uh, how is the progress going in getting this team back to uh, a winning uh, winning team? Yeah, you know, I can always tell you that the wheels of progress feel slow to turn. They always do. And I, I have been through this before at Canisius, and it's like, wow, when will they ever turn? When will they ever turn? And often you don't realize when the tipping point 
was or when it happened until you look back. Uh, right now, at this point of the season, we feel terrific about our culture. We feel terrific about what our guys are doing, work ethic, and the confidence that they have. Um, I think Muhammad Ali might have been the guy that said, hey, everything's great. It's great to have a good plan so you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> uh, so I think our progress is from you know, 30,000 feet when you look at it. I think we're absolutely moving forward in a positive direction. Um, the potential is there for a good, excellent season to get back into the top half of the ECAC, get some votes in the national poll. Uh, but we've got to prove it. We've got to do that. And, um, you know, through those ups and downs, we're going to need to continue progressing overall. How are you going to prove that? I mean, you, I look at your roster right now, at least the returning players, uh, nobody nobody scored uh, uh, double digits last year in goals. Uh, your top scorer, Jacob Hayhurst, left uh, to go to Michigan. I mean, wh- where's the scoring going to come from? Yeah, we'll be a, you know, you hear a lot of teams say this now, but we're a score by committee. Um, going to be grouping. We, they believe we've got four lines that can play fast, that can play hard. Um, you know, we got a guy like Chase Zeke who led our team in scoring um, the second half of the year, which is when he became eligible. Um, you know, Todd Burgess has taken another step uh, for sure, but, um, you know, we're going to need to be good on the power play. We're going to need to uh, have depth in, in our scoring. And um, through all of that, you hope that a couple guys emerge as leading leading guys. Well, one thing you're really solid in goal is with um... – uh, sophomore Owen Savory, I mean, he had a great year last year. And uh, basically, uh, you know, especially in the um, uh, Mayor's Cup last year against Union, uh, he ended up, you know, the, the win record, win, uh, win-loss record, not great, 5-15-3. But that's not his fault. I mean, he had 2.46 goals against average, 9.26 save percentage, uh, the one shutout. I mean, is this uh, is he a, someone to build around and give that team, your team, confidence if you know, continue to stop the puck the way he does? Yeah, goaltending is really important to this group, and I really love uh, the depth that we have at that position. Alec Calvaruso is a transfer, not eligible till Christmas. Um, looks really good. Lyndon Marshall is a is a stud athlete who um, has the potential, and really, uh, you know, just got passed last year by a good Owen Savory. So, um, goaltending is going to be the the prime sentence for a lot of team success and put us in that equation. And um, I like that we have competition. The team amongst teams of goaltenders is is, is really positive. They work their tails off. And um, I, I like, again, we're a day before the first puck drop. I like what it appears to be right now. When did you know you had something special in Owen? Um, again, I think it's always easy in hindsight, Ken, to – say, oh, well, I knew, but uh, obviously when you recruit these young men, you believe that they're something special. Um, he was under the radar playing in the junior B loop, you know, in my my neck of the woods, so I know how good those players are. Um, he got here, and he's an athlete, and so when did we know? I don't know, probably the same time everybody else did as it was happening, but you could see in practice he had a wonderful IQ. He had a wonderful work ethic and, and extreme athleticism and um, a, a, a great demeanor. So uh, sometimes it takes a little bit, just slowly tapping on the nail head, it, it sinks in. Um, I think that's what happened with Owen. As far as your incoming uh, recruits, that uh, who's who's been standing out and uh, who do you expect to make an impact? Well, on the back end, 
you've got Corey Babichuk, who he's going to play in one of the first two power play units. He's, he's an elite offensive guy. He can really see the ice and make plays. Um, on the back end, also, you've got a couple bigger guys in in Mason Klee coming from a championship team in the USHL. Simon Shelberg is a Rangers draft pick, who we really think that those guys with Louis Helson can be the backbone for, for years to come and, and really have liked what they've done. Up front, Ryan Mashey was a 40-goal guy, top forward at the Royal Bank Cup, the Canadian Championship. Um, looks like he has big-time potential, whether it's on day one or day 101. It, it's there, and, and it's our job to draw it out of him. And then you'll see Ashbrook, Herman, and Dubinsky contribute. So um, our we're relying on that freshman class to provide depth, which it appears they have right now. And now we've got to let them gain the experience to see how do you produce a point? How do you produce a block shot? How do you produce a wing faceoff? Um, but right now, I mean, they're, uh, they're looking good and there's a good, a good pedigree. A couple of them had injuries and their statistics aren't from last season, aren't necessarily as, uh, as, as bright as they would have been had they been injury free and played all season. Dave, uh, you just uh, announced your captains for the season. Uh, Will Riley is going to wear the C throughout the season. And you're going with uh, home alternate captains and road alternate captains. Shane Bear and Chase Zeke will be the home alternates. And uh, Patrick Polito and TJ Samick will be the uh, road alternates. What was the decision behind that? You know, we take input from the players and then we make the final decision as a coaching staff. Uh, I think Will Riley's decision to come back to school when he had an opportunity to sign an NHL contract that carries a lot of weight in the room. He wore a letter last year. His, his maturity on and off the ice is noticeable. And I think his love and passion for the program, those things made him a near unanimous decision. I think everybody gave positive feedback and it's not a voting system, but so Will Riley wearing the C was real natural fit. Um, We've got 10 guys in a leadership group. 10 is too many to give letters to. Um, five is a lot that wear letters. But um, we really felt that we've got a, a, a road alternate captain and a home alternate captain that play defense. And the same thing with forwards. And um, we believe that, and, and it's coming directly from the language of our leadership group, that the guys that wear letters are really representing the leadership group in our entire program. And it doesn't matter who they gave it to. They're all going to contribute in that role. Um, but the guys that have it, uh, that, that we've chosen to wear the letters, uh, maybe just a little bit more um, either communication, uh, moxie, savvy, understanding, um, something. But uh, we had a lot of good choices to choose from. Finally, Dave, you know the RPI hockey fans are a passionate lot. Uh, sometimes it, you know, it can be a little overzealous with things and you know, it can be a little critical of sometimes of the, what's been going on with the program and there's been frustration over the years. But uh, what do you tell the fans I mean, with the way you're uh, building this program up? Is it a matter of just tell them, be, be patient, we're getting to the point where we're going to be, we're going to be back to where you expect us to be? You know, a lot of the fans, again, some, some of those people can don't, they don't have those conversations with me, whether it's over the lunch table or somewhere else. But um, I get a lot of feedback from the fans that they see what we're doing. They love our compete. They love that we're 
adding specific pieces to a puzzle. We're getting bigger. We're getting faster. We've we've got um, a positive culture and positive characters that we're building on. So um, I'm not really in the business of making a statement saying, hey, there's six steps to, to get back to the foundation of success that you want. We're at step one or step five. I mean, that, I don't know how you measure that. I know that um, I get feedback from the people that come all the time and they like what we're doing, but they also crave success. So um, I know in our coach's office and in our locker room, I personally have been through this before, and it never comes as fast as you want, but when it comes, it it feels unbelievable and you fight to keep it. So um, I know we're on the right path, we're doing the right things, and it'll come. It's our job now to make it come with that surprise factor a little bit faster. Well, Dave, appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good luck this season. I probably think we'll be talking in a couple of weeks with the uh, union games coming down the road at the end of this month. Yeah, we, we know when those are coming, but we've got some work at a due date before then, and uh, that'll be great, Ken. Anything I can do, appreciate the, the opportunity to talk about RPI hockey. Sounds good, Dave. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah. Well, like you were at RPI's media day last week, do you think this program's ready to turn things around and become a winning uh, program once again? I think they're ready to grind out a little more progress from what they've done between year one and year two under Dave Smith. How much? I don't know. I'm not expecting like a huge turnaround, um, but I do expect them to be better than they were last year. What they translates to in the one loss column, who knows? But I do expect them to, to be better. And one of the reasons why is they have three transfers. Speaking of transfers, um, who were not a, a eligible to play until December last season. I'm talking about Mike Gornall, Chase Zeke, who are both forwards, and Shane Bears, a defenseman who saw some time on the power play last year. Chase Zeke scored eight goals in the second half of the season last year, and if you you know extrapolate that over a full season, he's he's probably going to be their leading scorer this year over the course of the entire season. So with those three guys being in there for the full boat as opposed to just half the season, I think that's going to be a big thing for them. Uh, they, like Union, they have a very good junior goalie or sophomore goalie coming back, Owen Savory, who uh, um, had small league honors last year. And and uh, so they're rock solid at that position, which is a good place to start. So like I said, I expect some, some, uh, some progress and improvement from RPI this year. It's just a matter of how much that'll be. Well, coming up, we'll answer your questions about Union Hockey. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Hi, this is Hunter Moffitt, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletics. Notable Trophy Case team members include Dan Nolan, President and CEO of Hugh Johnson Advisors, owner of the Albany Empire, who says, Trophy Case is an innovative platform that has great potential for athletes. Nolan said, The feedback and experience brings value to athletes, parents, and sports affiliates in one network. I simply think of this as a combination of Instagram and LinkedIn for athletes. You can download the Trophy Case app at the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. 
Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Get it today. Back on the Pawning Shots podcast, and uh, Mike, we have some questions from our listeners, and of course, usual, Harvey Kagan chimes in. He's old faithful for the <laughs> podcast. Harvey uh, begins with a statement. Uh, he says, we saw improvement against Army on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday, it's my fault, and after the demolition Saturday by BU. There were some individual encouraging performances by Harrison, Sanda, Schmidt, and others, and we almost came away with a tie. Things should get better as the boys develop some chemistry. Harvey says they need to work on coverage by forwards in, in the D zone. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, it, it, clearly something that could, could be the root of a problem for a losing team, um, you know, and sure. But again, it goes back to they're still trying to figure out who does what and who likes what. And, and uh, you know, there's chemistry issues and there will be for a while now. It'll just take a while for it to iron out. I mean, that's the case with any team early in the season. This year, they, they just have kind of a unique uh Twist on that with with twelve freshmen and a, and a junior transfer. He asked the question: Where is Matt Allen? Is he hurt or a healthy scratch all weekend? He came to Union highly touted after decommitting from Providence. Um, I'm not sure. He hasn't been in the lineup. Obviously, um, I haven't gotten around to asking Rick Bennett about every freshman on the team yet. But we will get around to that. And somebody specifically brought brings up Matt Allen's name. Then we'll get after it next week and see. What, See what the story is. Um, there's a couple other freshmen, I'm pretty sure, who haven't been in there yet as well. Let me take a quick game. Well, obviously, the two goalies haven't been yeah. in yet. Um, Alex Cohen is a defenseman. He only played in the Army, or he was available in the uh, Army game as an extra defenseman. But I, he didn't really play a lot. So, um, But we'll find out. We'll ask. I mean, we, we've only seen a couple of freshmen so far in two games that have really kind of stood out and distinguished themselves. And, and again, that'll be a long process that we'll have to keep an eye on. And finally, Harvey uh, writes, uh, need to work on special teams. Uh, we did score a shorthanded goal by uh, Christian Sander with great speed and stick handling, but two of Army's three goals came on their power play. Union did get a power play goal from Sean Harrison with assist to Schmidt and Seeger, but uh, we had two full power plays after Army took the lead late in the third period and were only able – to get a total of one shot on goal, even after having the goalie pulled. Well, they've had a lot of practice on the PK so far, that's for sure, with 15 minors in two games. Um, the power play, it was a weird study in contrast, because the, the Harrison goal that Harvey mentions surely was a beautiful little tic-tac-toe around the perimeter to get it low to Schmidt, who patiently just – and good stick preparation by Sean Harrison, had a stick blade on the ice, and all he had to do was bang it home when he got that little pass from the uh, right post. And I can remember another power play where they kind of did the same thing and didn't even come close to anything approaching a shot on goal. So um, that was kind of an issue all season last year, too. And, um, you know, they may even still be working out who's, you know, which combinations they want out there for those special teams. But penalty kill did get a lot of work um, and early in the game, which, uh, you know, is not a good thing. But uh, I guess practice makes perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's just happening in the games instead of uh, in practice. On Twitter, Robert Dobsky wrote me, uh, he says he's asking, any line changes this weekend? Uh, will we see the other freshmen, and will new goalies get action anytime soon? I don't expect the goalies to be in there unless Hansen gets hurt, God forbid. I really don't. Um, and it's nothing against them. It's like this is the one definite, constant thing that you know. It's you know, it's, it's just an asset that you have that you, you're not going to tamper with just to give some freshmen 
some playing time. Um, there wasn't much shuffling in the lines between the BU game and the um, and the Army game, which is interesting because you know after the BU game, you figured that you know maybe they'll just blow it up or something. But uh, it was a little interesting that offensively there wasn't really. You know, he sat Lucas Bro for the Army game after he played against BU. Um, and he had an extra forward for the BU game as opposed to an extra defender uh, for Army. But, you know, defensive pairing stayed the same. And, and you know, right now it looks like their top line is Sean Harrison centering Josh Kosak and Zach Amelophone. Um So I, it was interesting. I, I was kind of half expecting to see a little more shuffling and, and rearranging, you know, uh, the deck chairs yeah. for Army. <laughs> but there wasn't really. So maybe they're – they you know, they – they want to lean on some some continuity and consistency for a little while and see how it works out. Uh, it's still early. Yeah. Well, thank you for the questions. If you'd like to submit a question or comment, you can email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. You can look for my weekly ECAC hockey face-off selections at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. No, Mike Knock Adams not joining in week one this week. Sorry. <laughs> I can't twist your arm, can I? Nor week two. <laughs> but you can participate in the face-off selections by emailing your picks to me at shot at dailygazette.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Party Shots podcast. My thanks to Mike McAdam for coming on this week, and we'll do it again next week. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me, Tim. Okay. The Party Shots podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Download it today. Available for iOS and Android users in your app store. The Party Shots Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. On Twitter, I am at Slapshots, and Mike is at Mike underscore McAdam. The views expressed on the Party Shots Podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette Newspapers. The Party Shots Podcast is a production of Gazette Newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. For Mike McGannum, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Good day, good hockey.